Well, I I never imagined I would become an artist. You know, I just trying to get get by daily. Uh, you know, to dealing with uh, uh, day by day, and uh, very late I want to become a you know artist. It's never glamorous in that society mm. uh, because uh, the really glamorous people would be worker and uh, farmer and a soldier. Yeah. You know, never they never even have the words artist. They would call it a art worker. Welcome back to the Vintage Books podcast. I'm Naomi, producer of the show, and today I'm sharing an episode featuring Ai Weiwei, author of One Thousand Years of Joys and Sorrows, who is in conversation with journalist Ossian Ward. This episode was recorded in partnership with Penguin Live, in front of an audience at home, Manchester Centre for Contemporary Theatre, Film, Art, Music and More. In 1,000 Years of Joys and Sorrows, through the sweeping, extraordinary story of his own and his father's lives, Ai Weiwei, one of the world's most famous artists and activists, tells an epic tale of China over the last 100 years. The memoir has been published alongside selected poems by Ai Ching, his father, which is a timeless, visionary collection of poems from one of China's most acclaimed poets now published in English for the first time in a generation. We hope you enjoy this snippet of their conversation. I'd like to start by welcoming Weiwei. We're here to see the launch of his amazing book, A Thousand Years of Joys and Sorrow. I'll just start by introducing myself. My name is Ossian Ward. I'm a writer, editor, and content director at Listen Gallery, which also happens to be the gallery that we work with Ai Weiwei, and we've represented him for a number of years. So I've actually worked with him and his team on many projects over the last eight years. But before that, I was uh, an editor at Time Out magazine, where I actually commissioned, you probably didn't know this, the last interview Weiwei made before he disappeared for 81 days at the hands of the secret police, more of which we will talk about later. So this book deals with that episode, but it's partly an extraordinary memoir about yourself, but it's also the portrait of another artist, your father, the poet. And I believe his name was Hai Cheng originally, but then he sort of alliterated that to make Ai Ching, which is sort of, Hai Cheng means clear sea, uh, and then he changed to, had like a pen name, Ai Ching. Um, but then he also gave you your name, Ai Weiwei, which I believe means not yet. Is that correct? <laughs> not yet. Not yeah. yet. But so well, I want to start by asking you about your father because he was one of the country's most revered poets. And in the 1930s, he had to contend with many different problems, impending war with Japan. Uh, he was 
his support for the fledgling communist movement and his love of the Chinese land made him a hero in many people's eyes. Uh, and yet he would soon fall foul of the authorities and Mao Zedong's newly paranoid state. So he became sort of a bourgeois enemy, uh, like going from hero to zero very quickly. And there's many new turns like that in his life. Um, and I think you've had similarly shifting fortunes in your life, but maybe let's discuss how that worked because your father went through all these trials and tribulations. One minute he was, you know, a national hero and the next minute he wasn't. How did that work? Well, uh, <laughs> this book is really not just about my family story, but rather to, about China, and that's about uh, China's communist struggle. So there's many things in parallel, but a lot of things are, are really uh, how to say, against each other or contradiction uh, to, to normal uh, rationality. Um, so if I make it very simple, the, the communist, so-called so communist society is a, a long lasting uh, authoritarian uh, state, which started from uh, thousands of years ago, and China never really changed. It's a central controlled authoritarian state by nature, and it doesn't matter if it's communist or not, still it's a feudalist uh, society. And uh, under that nature, uh, my father, was studying in Paris in Cerise. Uh, want to be become an artist, then later because he's uh, uh, in jail, he become a poet, and they become a very well known poet, the most uh, well known poet in China. And uh, so many leaders today, um, before they join the revolution, they are deeply influenced by uh, by his uh, poetry. So he spiritually uh, reflects the, the, the effort to, to make a new, uh, new future for China. But uh, as an independent uh, poet and a thinker, uh, he, he was loved by the party because his influence uh, of the young people, but uh, very soon they realized and those intellectuals are not uh, not going to be uh, easy to to work with the party, but rather uh, to be always critical. Uh, so it showed uh, cl uh, clearly it has a conflict about uh, party, uh, party's uh, uh, propaganda, propaganda line and mm -hmm. also Parties, uh, political, uh, uh, political structure. So he uh, become one of the uh, the most critical uh, intellectual, being criticized as a, the rightist. Mm -hmm. So that movement uh, um, purged over uh, three hundred thousand intellectuals, but he is uh, 
one of the representative of that uh, uh, intellectual. Yeah. And you were a very young boy while this was happening. Were you aware of that as a boy? Did you well, know? Well, that, that is the year I was born, 1957. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, immediately he's being sent to uh, very far away, very remote areas as uh, to some kind of uh, some kind of re-education, um, but he's still under pro, uh, pro, uh, how do you say, protect uh, uh, protect of uh, some uh, high generals to try to protect them. Hmm. So the life at the beginning was not that that difficult. Uh, still, as an enemy of uh, the party, uh, he would have no possibilities to to write. And also uh, the time just getting, uh, each day getting more severe for him. And the two culture revolution, which is uh, 1967, he has been re-criticized re and punished and uh, to send to very remote the region, Xinjiang. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we are uh, the first generation of the people been sending to you know labor camps, uh, and so he's doing very hard labor there. Yeah. Now he was um, forced, among many other things, to proclaim himself a criminal while banging on a on a wash pot or wearing a dunce cap in public or even cleaning out the latrines. I mean, were you were a boy of let's say 10 years old when you went to this very remote part to little Siberia, were you aware of what was going on? You know, it was difficult for you to know because you were so young. Did it make you angry? Did you understand? Well, uh, um, I accepted as uh, some kind of uh, nature of being, uh, being someone like my father who write which is a party under the whole nation doesn't like what he writes. So he is really, you see, the, it's almost like a nature uh, raining or, or snowing. So it's not about you like it or not. Mm. That, that is uh, the facts, and uh, you just have to accept it. Because you were sort of living in very meager dwellings, you know, almost like a hole in, in the ground, and, but you were just used to it because that's what you were given. That was how it was, that's how life was for a time. Um, you kind of understanding in the society, every day talk about a class struggle, mm -hmm. and the ultimate enemy is your father. Because yeah. there's no other people they can criticize, but my father as, uh, resembles the intellectual world, so he being he has been humiliated and insulted daily, and uh, to punish him, so you accept that's the way. You know everything is very symbolic. Even you when you have an enemy, you have to point out that I'm an enemy is different, and he has to leave uh, underground, or he has to be treated uh, um, badly. Mm. So we happen to be on that position. Yeah. And exactly what you were saying, you learnt about these social hierarchies 
repression, censorship, all these issues that have since become big themes for you in your work as an artist. And I suppose you learned that at a very young age, you know, what, what all these struggles were like. You know, artist is never glamorous in that society mm. uh, because um, the really glamorous people would be worker and uh, farmer and a soldier. Yeah. You know, never, they never even have the words artist. They, they would call it uh, art worker. Mm-hmm. So an art, art worker often is, has problems because, uh, you know, they deal with uh, ideology. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't want to press too much on this topic, but there's so many parallels between you and your father. Maybe they're coincidental, maybe, they're, maybe there's a sort of history repeating itself or something, but you've had similarly shifting fortunes from, you know, at one stage being able to exhibit in China and showing and becoming an artist and then going all the way to having your name completely deleted from the internet and and worse and you know in in some ways having your own forms of exile like your father i mean what's your current status as a chinese current status in as a chinese citizen as a chinese i still have a chinese passport Mm -hmm. Uh, even I spent about 12 years in the United States. I never uh, even thinking to change my passport. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a perfect a perfect reason to change it, you know. Yeah. But I'm just uh, a, lazy, a lazy, stubborn person to <laughs> say, yeah, I just say, why I have to change it, you know. I, so <laughs> I, I always say, uh, you know, I'm not the... Uh, dissident, but uh, I have a government which is dissident, you know. So uh, under that kind of concept, I, I had uh, some struggle and uh, some argument with them, mm. and uh, turned out I have to move out. Uh, you know, that's my current status. You know, mm. I just uh, being like uh, kind of being forced out because um, the safety of me by staying there is quite uh, questionable. Yep. It's also shifted a bit like your father's one minute, you know, there's a sort sort of recognition or they ignore you maybe, but also then it becomes more difficult. You know, this it's a shifting pattern throughout your life. Um, and to go back to Little Siberia, you spent 18 months there as a 10-year-old boy in, the, in this kind of wilderness in northeast Xinjiang. And... You know, I think your father also had to move many, many times from war or from, uh, you know, sort of exile or just moving around China in many ways. And you've become something of a nomad in your life as well. Do you feel like that was something that was normal to you, just moving around the country so much? It's very normal for me because we never, in my memory, I never have a location I can call it home hmm. because the Every location is uh, given by the order of a state. Uh, if they want you to move next day, they just have to move. There's no no space uh, for uh, to hesitate or to hesitate or to even to make a argument. Mm. So that's uh, it's very normal for me. 
ironic given that we're in a venue called home and that Weiwei can't find the home that he's looking for. But your your father's life in some ways could have been a lonely one. I mean, he had kids, he was married, but do you think there's something about being a poet, a writer, there's a sort of solitary existence that he wanted to be on his own to be able to write? I think uh, for being a poet, he gives up a lot. He's uh, a person made his life very simple, and uh, he's you know he never I never even can remember he he talked about uh, uh, anything related to property or 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 money, you know, anything like that. He's uh, he's a man very concentrated on writing or aesthetic uh, um, judgment so it's you know he's very i think in that way the simple and the more pure man thanks for listening to the vintage books podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode You can find out more about 1,000 Years of Joys and Sorrows by Ai Weiwei and selected poems by Ai Ching in the episode description below. What are your favourite memories of Ai Weiwei's artworks? We'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us at Vintage Books on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. Until next time, read boldly, think differently. (laughs) 